Welcome to Goddess Works, a podcast exploring goddess-centered spiritual practice and the power of daily practice, as well as honoring the magic in the ordinary and the sacred in the everyday. This is Molly Reamer with 30 Days of Goddess and Bridges Grove. I'm a priestess, poet, and mystic who loves savoring everyday enchantment and ordinary miracles. Hello, it's Molly Reamer with Bridges Grove, and this is a ritual theory episode created first for our patrons at patreon.com slash Grove. And this content is drawn from the book Yoga for Witches by Sarah Robinson, published by Womancraft Publishing. And I... This was an interesting book for me to read. It unites things that have been important to me, yoga and magic, which have been important to me for and you know really significant influences in my life for roughly the same amount of time. Like I would say yoga and the goddess both entered my life a little over 20 years ago in really clear and distinct ways that then shaped the rest of my path. Uh, the goddess herself was a was a less distinct and more um, you know like a a a glimmer there was a glimmer of the goddess in the years prior to that when I was a child and uh, when I would be outside in my little magical places that I would find outside in the woods and you know things that uh, things that matter to me now still matter to me when I was a kid and I would journey through the woods into these little small magical lands and and I felt something then that later you know as an adult I came to recognize as a sense of the sacred or the goddess on earth or in the in the world um you know a conception of the earth as a sacred place and and of magic as being alive and underfoot I felt those things as a kid too but it wasn't until I was 20 that both yoga and magic entered my life in defined ways and yoga actually a little longer because that's the practice I picked up and became really dedicated to and magic and um, goddess studies those felt more dangerous more slippery more um, you know, something I still had to keep dancing around the edges of. So anyway, this Yoga for Witches book is a, a union of these two things, you know, like yoga and magic b- brought into one sphere as a yoga witch. And uh, anyway, really interesting, and I love it. So, but the section I wanted to write about, or what I, not write about, I'm not writing, uh, the section I wanted to speak about is uh, is about magic and also about a paradox and so this section she says uh, when you think of magic do you think elaborate costumes and props careful pronunciation of spells in old books and I've acknowledged this before that that is one of the things that kept me away from goddess spirituality was the my few handful of experiences were with this type of measured pageantry that I didn't feel anything from like getting dressing up in costumes and like putting on a performance didn't feel like spirit to me it didn't feel like 
didn't feel like the sacred to me. And I've, I've written a lot more recently that, you know, sometimes the perfect ritual for me is laying, lying on the porch in the sunshine and listening to the birds and then, you know, sitting sitting underneath the blackberry brambles and watching the way the light filters through the leaves and that feels like the perfect ritual like that feels like the way to 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 honor the change of seasons or to acknowledge holidays you know so going to the river and letting a flower go in the water and watching the moon rise like that feels like honoring a high holiday in a way that is more magical to me than a in a performance and that I, I do not mean you know there's all kinds of elements to ritual and there's all kinds of elements especially to a sensory experience or a or a holistic whole body you know involving everything everybody's senses the sight the touch the smell etc like creating ambiance ritual those things are important too so please don't think that I'm saying nobody should ever wear special ceremonial robes and and engage in a in a really um well planned out and even theatrical type of ritual those that still has a place what i'm saying is is the 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 type that i had experienced as a very young adult had a hollow quality to them that i was looking for when i was looking for connection and and i have found that connection in the simple rituals more than the ones that are performative and that's also partially because I am a priestess and so I do lead rituals and I don't do the um, kind that are performative but when I am responsible for a large ritual that is holding energy and a mood and a feeling for a whole bunch of other people then my focus is on what they are experiencing and and creating a magical experience for them and while it can still feel magical to me no wonder I like the simple and small ritual that's just me and my feet on the ground and the sunlight through the trees because there's no one else expecting anything from me and I don't need to deliver a magical experience for somebody else I just get to experience it and so I think there's an element there too like if you are responsible for the quality of the ritual yourself, uh, you may not actually feel the transformation of the ritual the way the participants feel the transformation because you are guiding it versus experiencing it. So that's way farther off than I wanted to go from where I was actually talking. But So she's talking about the props. And then she says, chances are when you think of yoga, you also think of special clothes, albeit of a different kind, and expensive props in the form of mats, blocks, bolsters. And all these notions can keep us from practicing every day or even put us off altogether as it all seems a little too much work. And I have joked with Mark several times over the last couple of years when I'm planning holiday celebrations for my family. And I will say, you know, sometimes I wonder if this whole like paganish goddess kind of studies area is uh, just about, you know, forcing the mom of the family to have Christmas eight times a year instead of once. And that's just a joke because it's it's not those rituals and you know, I've written a lot about that in the past but and about family ritual but those rituals you know they're about actually touching touching into the turn of the wheel and and feeling the changes in the earth as they unfold that's what they're about they're not for there's no Walmart aisle dedicated to Lamas you know there's no 
there's no Samhain. Well, I guess there are Samhain Isles, but they're, they don't know that's what they are. Um, but the there's a lot. There's a different kind of depth to the eight holidays. That's not a... Um, but sometimes I have jokes that I feel like it's just about making the witchy mom have eight Christmases. Uh, so, and that can put you off because you feel like it's too much work. Oh, I need to have a Fulman ritual and I need to have a Newman ritual and I need to have a, a, uh, summer equinox ritual and I need to charge my crystals and I need to do my daily practice and I need to set up this devotional. And it's like, whoa. So seemed like too much work. So going back to Sarah, she says, I'd like to introduce you to how we can integrate the magic of yoga and witchcraft easily into the most commonplace parts of our day, eating, moving, and cleaning. We can connect to the nature and energy of magic in little simple ways throughout our day, making our practice easy and fun. Who you are can change from day to day. Some days you are warrior goddess. Sometimes you feel delicate and vulnerable. Magic and yoga can meet you wherever you are each and every day. Know that this is a journey and you are making great progress, even if you are not sure who you are today. Ask yourself simple questions. What would nourish me right now? Food, rest, sitting on the grass in the sun, rather than an asana, or that's a yoga pose, or meditation. Well then, that is your first step. Today you are someone who needs to rest, to ground, to sit in the sun. Isn't that liberating to think about? Today I am someone who needs to rest, to ground, to sit in the sun. And that is something to ask ourselves. You know, like, what, who, who am I today and what do I need right now? Not what do I need based on what I thought I was going to do or based on what somebody else wants me to do or based on what this book wants me to do. But what, who am I right now and what do I need right now? Sometimes it may feel like a confusing world of contradictions. How can I stand in my witchy power and still not know who I am today? How can I send out positive energy and still accept some people who th- will think what I do is devilish, weird, or crazy? I know it is challenging, but we are such complex beings in an infinitely complex universe. And this is the part I really loved here. In yoga class, I often remind my students we can be peaceful and powerful, calm yet strong, all in the same breath. I think there is a peace to be found in the acceptance of all these contradictory powers within us, finding a way to stand within this unknown and unknowable. We are gloriously complex and contradictory in a world that loves boxes, snap judgments, and 100% certainty. People may find this inability to define you uncomfortable, but this is a reminder that you do not owe anyone an explanation. Your rich inner world needn't mean anything to anyone but yourself. A person can be called a witch for merely knowing and for owning her knowledge, and to some, for strange reasons that may include fear, power, and jealousy, a woman who knows is dangerous indeed. Why? Because she knows different? She knows better? Or is merely aware that no one can know for sure how our world works and she has found her own path and knows it is right for her? Considering the many restrictions placed on women and their bodies in America and in other countries of the world right now, maybe it is also about choice. Communicating, I am knowledgeable, powerful, and I can make choices about how I use these strengths can be a real challenge to the status quo. And uh, so transformation of consciousness starts with the smallest of steps, simple changes, inviting in of magic, starting our journey from exactly where we are in these bodies, in these homes, in this world, at this time of history, not in our fantasy body and expensive leggings in a perfect house, but here and now. Just start, my dear brave one. Don't think about perfection or performance, but about creating small sparks that might just lead you into magic and perhaps great changes. And I think something to also remember is there's an ebb and flow to 
magic and to how you feel. And so you may have a enchanting, connected, magical time one day, and then the next day you go to the same place or the same, you try to recreate the same experience and it feels, you know, dusty and hollow. So accepting the ever-flowing, ever-ebbing change can also be an important part of practice and about um, life in general, that sometimes things are working great and feel amazing and sometimes they don't and it can even be on the surface the same thing so anyway I hope that was and an, uh, something I hope you will have find a takeaway from that and possibly some inspiration to start exactly where you are and start exactly with what you need as well as honoring accepting and loving the hope standing between and inside this unknown and unknowable life. So, thanks for being here. To continue exploring more topics and practices like this, I would love to invite you to join me in the Goddess Magic community on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash goddessmagic. The Goddess Magic Community is a goddess-centered devotional space and a crucible of creation. In it, we explore everyday magic, ordinary mysticism, self-priestessing, daily practice, and seeing the sacred in the everyday. We also claim our own magic, claim our own power, inhabit our own wisdom, and step in to our lives in full.